I believe, well, I don't believe, I know. I'm on assignment today. I'm on assignment today. I believe God has given me something, and it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult, but I believe God, again, giving me the assignment, there's something that he wants to accomplish. There's so, you know, as I, as I look, there's so much potential in this room. It's, it's just, but I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Because sometimes we'll, somebody will say something, ah, you know, hear me on this first. There's so much potential in this room. You, you go out on Saturday, it could wreck this city. It can wreck this city. Wait, 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 I'm not through. I want you to, I want you, I want you to, see, I'm here. I'm not here for your response. I'm here for your learning. I didn't come today. You don't have to say, you don't have to shout, you don't have to clap. I don't care. I'm not here for that. I'm here for your learning. When I walk off this platform, I want to know that I have fulfilled the assignment upon my life and I have imparted something in you that's going to bring about a transformation. Here's what I want you to know. There is potential in this room that you're not even aware of. You're not even aware of it. When I ran the streets of Gary, Indiana, and then from there they ran me out of Indiana into the west side of Chicago, when I ran those streets, I didn't know the potential that was in me. Pastor John, you didn't know the potential that was in you. We look at, we look at where we're at, and we begin to compare ourselves with, with others who have, who are, who are further up the road, or maybe have a lot more to offer, have a lot more education. You are nobody's equal. You need to understand that. You are no, that when God made you, he said, man, whew, that's awesome. I don't want to duplicate it. Throw the mole away. Let's make another. Let's make a totally different personality. You are nobody's equal. There is no one like you. You are unique in every way. I don't care where you find yourself. I don't care where you find yourself. I was just thinking this morning as I'm sitting on the, on the pew there and I thought the other day and I thought, man, I remember waking up one morning and as I woke up, this might grow some of you out, there, I had vomited because I was so, I was so messed up. And I'm, I'm talking to Ozark, talking to the, the Ozark area. I'm talking to you, Branson brothers. I'm talking to you as well. I can't see you, but I'm talking to you. Woke up and it's just my whole face. Back then, you drink a whole bottle of Roman Tussin and then a, and a big hot cup of coffee to thin it out, get it all in your system. And you were messed up all day long. Yeah, that could have killed me. But I, I was so miserable with who I was, I wanted to get into a zone where I can just zone out even in that situation 
I didn't see the potential. Had no one speaking to me about potential. Wanted nothing to do with God or the church. Yeah, I got, I, he said, that brother dressed. Yeah, I'm dressed. <laughs> I know I'm looking good, but it hadn't always been like this. All right? Hadn't always been like this. So I just, I, I want you to see, I wish I could, if, but we can't. If I could just pull us all back 25, 30 years and let you see me. And then return to where we're at now. It'll give you hope. That's how bad our God is. Huh? Our God is bad. Well, good, but you know what I mean. Our God is bad. And so he pulls me out of that. And I'm not going to go on through a testimony because that's not what God, but I just, I just feel led to say that to you. I don't care where you find yourself. This could be the first day you've come into the church. You didn't come because you wanted to come. You came because you were drawn. Because the word of God says no one can come to Jesus unless the father who sent Jesus draws them. And so you've been drawn. Just like one day I was drawn. But don't ever think, don't ever put down what God's given you. Even when you don't know what it is. Just say, God, I, I, I've got purpose. God doesn't create, God doesn't create junk. Now we make junk, but God can bring it back to its original purpose. I stand before you as one who has been shot. I've been stabbed, but they had to take me to the emergency room, said we're, we're going to operate on him. I mean, just, hey. But look at what God has done. What's that song? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord, we're not here to sing either, but the whole point of it is don't ever doubt what God can do. Even in your drunken, stupor, drug-infected mindset, don't ever count God out. Can I hear an amen? All right, Lord, I got that one through. Okay, here's what we're going to do as soon as we get this thing working. Technology is great. You just need to have somebody know how to work it. I had this thing on last night. I mean, I was looking at the message last night, and uh, just 3 o'clock, just eyes open. I'm thinking, you know, usually my eyes open when I got to go to the bathroom. But uh, nothing. So I thought, well, maybe I have to go. So I went. And when I came back, I noticed this iPad was on the desk, and it was on. I thought, I don't remember cutting it on. I walked over to it. It was at 3%. It was getting ready to die on me. And I'm using it today. And I said, Holy Spirit, that was you. That was you. That was you. And so, Father, I bow my heart now. I ask that you would help me to so bring forth this word that you've assigned to me today.
that you've assigned to this house that no one will leave here void of what you purpose for them. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I mentioned to you earlier that I wanted to address the topic which at times is, it's difficult to obey. Did you hear that? It's difficult to obey what I'm about to uh, share with you. But in Christ, it's possible. In Christ, it's possible. The Bible assures us that we can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens us. So it's his strength. So what I want to talk to you this morning about, and I'm getting ready to cuss. Because for some of you, this might sound like I'm cussing. I want to talk to you about forgiveness. I want to talk to you about forgiveness. At the age of eight, the state came in because of a lot of foolishness. Took me and my brothers and sisters into foster homes. And so I was in three different foster homes. The last foster home that I was in, the way I was disciplined, and I can look on the, the ground, we were extension cords. And when you're hit with an extension cord, not only does your skin well up, but where that cord loops, it breaks the skin. And so after a beating, because it wasn't discipline, after a beating, you're bloody. But that's how it was done. And so you, you, you tend to get angry. You tend to get bitter. And I remember the, the last beating. I can close my eyes and see myself in that basement while he's swinging that extension cord. And it, it, I mean, it would hit everywhere. But it's like, I won't cry today. And maybe he thought, I'm going to keep on him until he cries. He finally got frustrated and walked away. And I remember seeing him walking up the stairs, and I said to myself, I'm going to kill him one day. That thought says you got to get out of here. I left, but I left an angry, bitter individual. Unforgiveness, off the top. I'm not, I'm not that's... You know, I'm, I'm not using as an excuse, but that anger and that bitterness drove me into crime and drug addiction, gang, the whole bit. It's still my fault. It was my decision. I'm just, I'm just saying that that did it. That did it. Then I found out later that the man that was, because my two sisters were there, me and my two sisters, my other brother and sisters were at a, was at a different uh, foster home. Then I found out later that my sister was there was being abused by him. And we were in church. Hello? Yeah. We were in church all the time. He was active in the church. It is beating me and abusing my sister sexually. So I am going to share with you something out of my heart. Out of my experience, ah, but it's rooted in the word of God. Because forgiveness is the most selfish thing you can do. Listen to me. When you forgive, it's the most selfish thing you can do. I mentioned the word selfish because it, it frees you from the one who has wronged you. 
It frees you from that individual, and it releases you from the chains of torment that enslaves you and keeps you from enjoying full potential. As long as I continued to walk in unforgiveness, I was a slave to that individual. Every time I thought about him, it just, something reared up on the inside of me. And if anybody looked like him, I took it out on them. It drove me deeper, deeper into sin. Let's talk about this. Forgiving. In Luke, the 23rd chapter, verse 34, Jesus reveals a principle to us concerning forgiveness. Let me give you the principle. Principle number one is forgiveness is given in the heart before it's requested. Think about that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. So forgiveness is given out of your heart even before the offender requests it. That's what's being asked here. Listen to what verse 34. And Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. The people who have offended you, the people who have wounded you, spoke ill of you, they don't know you. Really, they don't. They don't know what you possess. You see, you may have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. Can you hear? Are you listening to me? All the things that I did, when people say, I remember you, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I did what you said I did. But baby, I'm not who you say I am. You don't know who I am. I'm a child of God. There's potential in me I'm not even aware of. I want every one of you to hear that. You're a child of God. You've got a spirit, you've got a spirit in you that God wants to continue to unfold and strengthen. And there are things that he's going to take you through. It's not to crush you, it's to mold you and to make you everything of what he purposed for you from the very beginning of time. So yes, yeah, you did it. Yeah, you, you stuck people up. Yeah, you ripped them off. Yeah, you fought, you robbed, you stole, you lied. How many lies we got up in here? If you didn't raise your hand, you just lied. <clears throat> Everybody lies. At some, you no, no, that's not lying. I'm exaggerating. It was still a lie. I'm still special even when I lie. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, remember, with man, it's impossible. But with God... All things are possible. So when God comes and says forgiveness is, is given in the heart even before it's asked, well, I, I, can't, I, I can't do that. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Here's the real issue. It's not you can't. What is it? You won't. You won't. You know why you won't? Because they hurt you. And I get that. You know... <laughs> They hurt you, and it, the wound was deep. When that, when that man beat me, it, it was deep. 
You don't treat an animal like that. It, it was deep. I was angry. It's bitter. I tell you, I, I it, forgive before they ask. That's not fair. It's not it ain't fair, man. God, that's not fair. But I could hear God says, I'm not fair. Because if I was fair, I'd send you to hell. I'm just. But don't label me fair. I am so glad I, don't, I serve a God who is, who is not fair. Because if God was fair, when I look back on my past, I wouldn't be here. But we feel that this isn't fair. This isn't right. But all the Holy Spirit is seeking. He's asking, will you be willing? Will you be willing? Will you, will you take that first? Will you be willing to forgive? You see, he understands our weaknesses. And man, when you are wounded, when you are harboring unforgiveness, you, it makes you weak. But at the same time, it makes you angry. You, you become bitter. Become bitter. You become hostile because you're wounded. Because you're wounded. But the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 12:10, when we are weak, he is strong. He is strong. In other words, we rely upon him because the strength that we need, he gives us. He gives us that strength. It's his command. And so here's what we need to understand. Grace is extended to those who submit their hearts to Christ. It's almost like, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. Matter of fact, Holy Spirit, can I be honest? I don't want to do this. I want him, I want her to feel what I felt. You feeling me? I want them to suffer. I want them to know this pain. I want them to know the humiliation, the embarrassment they took me through. You're asking me to forgive them before they ask? What about if they're still doing it? They're still talking about you. Your reputation is, it's gone. They're still talking smack. And you're saying, forgive them? Man, that's ludicrous. You don't say it to God, but you're thinking it. Grace makes it available. God says, I, I'm giving you the grace. I'm, I'm, what you need, I'm going to make available. Grace makes it available, but it's your faith in what he's asking you to do that's going to make it possible. Listen, listen to what uh, Luke 4.1 says. Jesus was full of. He was full of the Holy Spirit and led into the wilderness. That's Luke 4, 1. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit and led into the wilderness. Now listen to what's being said. He was full of what? And what was he led? All right. Here's the, here's, the, here's the principle that came out to me. Whatever you are full of, you are led by. You ever heard somebody tell you, you know what you're full of? Wait, wait a minute now. What, what, where'd you go? 
I was going to say full of the Spirit. You had something else on that, didn't you? <laughs> but you've heard it. But whatever you are full of, that's what you're led by. You're full of hate, you're led by it. You're full of unforgiveness, you're led by it. You're full of love, you're led by it. Whatever you are full of. So Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he could be led even in wilderness, even in difficult times. So what's being said there, if I'm full of the Spirit of God, then I can be led into a place where I can forgive even though I'm still being talked about. Whatever you are full of, you're led by. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what you're full of? And then you, your response is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All right, don't keep saying it. Now. I heard somebody over there. <laughs> Come on back. Stay with me. Paul said it this way. This is what Paul says. I don't have the reference, but Paul said it this way. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Huh? So it's no longer I that live. Yeah, I live, okay, but I'm walking with him. So it's him living in me. And what, because he's in me, he's, I'm full. And so whatever I'm full of, then I'm led by. And he will lead me in places that are uncomfortable at times. He will lead me in places that's going to do something to my flesh. But whatever he does, it's always for your benefit and for those around you. I mentioned earlier that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Therefore, we can give forgiveness even before it's requested. Amen? Here's the second principle. Forgiveness is releasing the offender to God. See, you want to take, you want, you want to get some. No, no, no. You, you're releasing the offender to God. Listen to 1 Peter 2.23. This is talking about Jesus. He's on the cross. He's dying for these people. He's dying for them. All of what he has gone through, all of his suffering, all of the humili humiliation, the beating was for the people who are standing at the cross. Talking smack. You bad. Come on down. I mean, what would you do? Be honest. What would you do? I tell you what I do. Okay, I'm, I got the mic. Here's what I do. I'm up here doing this for you. You know what? That's it. It's gone. Whoop up, whoop, take them all out. I'm I'm suffering for you. You don't even you don't have a clue of why I'm on this cross. I'm not on this cross for myself. I'm on this cross for you. That's it. He's on, he's on, he was on that cross for us. How can we not live our life for him? So here's what it says in 1 Peter. It says, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. 
He didn't retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In other words, he said, God, you handle it. You handle it. Here's what you've assigned to me. Here's what you've asked me to do. I've already asked you to forgive them. They're still talking smack. You handle it. He released the offender to God. What makes this principle so hard is our desire for revenge. I'm just being real with you, saints. I've been there. That desire for revenge is strong. You look at our society. You, I mean, if you watch the news, man, I just, it's the, revenge is, it's, it's there. It's rampant. It's not just in the States, man. It's overseas. Revenge is rampant. It drives people. We want, again, we want them to feel what we felt. I want you to know my pain. I want you to know my pain. And it's that very thought that keeps us tied to the offense. It's that very thought that keeps us tied to the offense. And so as offended people, we begin to offend. You don't realize that. As offended people, we begin to offend. And we have no idea how it's destroying us. Over in the book of Hebrew, it says, see to it that no one fall, fails, rather, to obtain the grace of God. I spoke about that earlier. No one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and cause trouble, and by it, many become defiled. Reminds me of a little, little child. His grandmother was, she just angry. She'd walk into the church. And people wouldn't want, they don't want to approach her. But she would say, yeah, these people, they don't love, they're not loving. Well, no, you're projecting that anger. And that what you're projecting is saying to them, back off. And so they do that. And when they do that, now you're saying they're rejecting you. That's that anger on the inside. She had a son and a daughter. They were both the same. Just angry. Walk in and just, ugh, angry. The daughter had a baby. When I went to the hospital, because it, it, was, it was just born, and they said, man, we don't know what's happening. The, the, the heart just stops beating, and it kicks back in. It beats. It, and so we went back and forth. Finally, the doctors discovered what it was. This is a, he wasn't even a month old. She said, what's happening is the child gets so angry, it shuts down the heart valve. At one month, not even a month old. That anger from grandma to ma now passed on to the little boy. At one, I said one month, but it was, wasn't one month old. It just, it blew me away. And it made this scripture so real. Not only does it defile you, but it defiles others. You open the door to that spirit of anger. You open the door to that spirit of unforgiveness. And you give that spirit full reign to begin to impact those in the house, in your family, your children. Listen to me, saints. Unforgiveness will have you substituting that bitterness, as it did with me, with drugs, alcohol, failed relationships. Man, no, I remember I'd go over to my friend's house because we're all messed up. 
But I go over there, and there's something about me that when I walked in, his mom would say to me, you're not going to live to get 21. I'm so glad her word didn't come to pass. She said, you're not going to live to see 21. Somebody's going to kill you. Yeah. What an encouraging word, right? But, you know, when she said that, it didn't, it didn't, yeah, didn't mean anything to me. You know, crazy. Just, you're not going to live to see 21. Somebody's going to kill you. We fail to realize that the thing that we want upon our, for our offender, we bring it upon ourselves. Here's what I want you to hear. What we fail to release, we retain. What we fail to release, we retain. What we retain, we resemble. What we retain, we resemble. What we resemble, we reproduce. And what you reproduce, you will regret. I told you, this is not a sermon to shout, run around the church. I have seen, I've counseled many, as I just shared earlier, about how that anger and that bitterness has hurt family members, has devastated them. Let me move to the third principle. The third principle is revealed in the 23rd chapter, 39. It says, one of the criminals who were hanging just rallied at, at him. Not only just the people on the ground, the criminal. He's dying anyway, but now he wants to take it out on Jesus. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuking him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we are indeed justly for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, Remember me when I come into, when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Now, if you haven't walked through the first two principles I've given you, this one's going to offend you. This one's going to offend you. You'll feel that the one that hurt you is getting away with something. Here's the principle. Forgiveness gives the offender what they need, not what they deserve. I told you you weren't going to shout me down. Forgiveness gives the offender what they need, not what they deserve. See? They need your forgiveness. They, yeah. They, you say, well, what, what about me? Wait, wait, wait. They need your forgiveness. They feed me. And if you feel that way, what about me? Then you know what? That's not, that's not abnormal. That's natural. Remember Jonah? The Old Testament prophet. He felt the same way. He was angry with God because God wanted to give the, the Ninevites a group of people who not only devastated his people, murdered them, but it hurt him as well. He was willing, he was willing to allow himself to be thrown into the ocean where God provided a large fish.
that swallowed him. He was three days in the belly of that fish. I mean, you're talking about he was, he was angry. Man, the moment they go to pick me up, okay, God, I forget, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do. I'm not throwing overboard. You see how that bitterness, how it, it has so controlled him? And even if I did hold off why, and they threw me overboard, I'd be holding on to the tonsils of that fish and say, okay, God, I forgive me. I'm not slipping down there and staying for three days before I finally repent. Just think about that. He was bitter. He was prejudiced against that group of people and stayed in there for three days. Wow. But God continued to love him. Isn't that beautiful? Even in your unforgiving mindset, God continues to love you. But just think about how, what unforgiveness does to a person's heart. In the Lord's Prayer, Here's how we pray. Lord, forgive me as I forgive others. Listen to what you're saying. In other words, forgive me in the same manner that I forgive others. So what's being implied there? If I don't forgive them, God, don't forgive me. If I'm not willing to forgive them, I don't want you to forgive me. Uh-uh, don't even think about it. Because I ain't thinking about forgiving them, so I, ain't, so I don't want you forgiving me. That's what you're saying. Forgive me as. Forgive me in like manner. Forgive me in the same way I'm forgiving others. You see, it's in forgiveness that we are forgiven. That's where true healing takes place. Forgiveness is a weapon of warfare, saints. Hear me on that. Forgiveness is a weapon of warfare. It's a weapon that defeats the enemy on every front. God has given us something that's painful to do. Remember I said it's, it's, it's difficult. He's given us some, something that's painful to do. But what we realize that what he has given us is really a weapon that defeats the enemy. Did you hear that? He's asked us to do something that's painful. But what he's given us is a weapon that defeats the enemy on every front and releases the potential on the inside of us. We've got to see that. You've got to see that. This, 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 this thing is big. Be careful of allowing your anger to rob you of the fulfillment that's rightfully yours in Christ. It's yours. It belongs to you. God has put it aside. It's in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit indwells you. That's why he can say no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that would rise up against you, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the saints of God for your righteousness is of him. But the enemy can come in. He, he's a snake. He's a serpent. He slithers himself into your heart and continues to point to what's true. Were you hurt? Yes, true. Were you embarrassed? Yes, true. 
Were you humiliated, talked about, reputation marred? Yes, true. True and truth are two different things. It's true that you were talked about, but it's not truth that that's how it's going to end up. Truth is what God says. That's why he says, let the weak say, there it is, sister. There it is. What's true? I'm weak. What's truth? I'm strong. We continue to get caught up in what's true. And we, we allow true to cancel out what's truth. Truth is that you're a child of God. You can't allow your pain to set you back. There's so much more for you going ahead. The fourth principle is where God determines the outcome between the offended and the offender. Listen to verse 19 of John, verse 31. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be the special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the body's taken down. Because once the leg is broken, you can push up. You know, your arms are out. You can push up and you continue to breathe. But once the legs are broken, now you just suffocate. So have the legs broken. And the body's taken down. The soldiers, therefore, came. They broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and those of the others. But they didn't break Jesus. Principle number four. Forgiveness does not. Forgiveness does not release the offender of consequences. Doesn't release them of consequences. Now, if this principle brings a sense of ah, ha, ha, satisfaction, then you need to go back to, to step number one. <laughs> Your heart's not right. If it's almost like, good, they're going to get theirs. Okay, nope. You got to go back. Back it up. Remember, you're asking the Lord to forgive them in the same way he forgave you. Okay. I want to bring it to an end. I want, I, want, I want to help you walk this thing out. Psalms, I know you, young man, you asked me about, did I have anything? Can you bring up Psalms 109 on there? Psalms 109 while I walk this thing out. The first thing you have to, to admit and be honest with yourself, that you're angry. That you're, you're walking in unforgiveness. That's the first thing. You're walking in unforgiveness. You know, I, when the, the church that I took, they, there was a guy that, I pastored a church in, in Tampa, Florida for 18 years. And there was a guy there, ex-military, he was something else. And he said some things, he did some things, he took my name to the district, and, and you know, it, it hurt. I was angry with him. 
I want to hurt the boy. That's the, I mean, I want to, I want to hurt the man. No, I want to hurt the boy. <laughs> okay? I want to do something to him. And uh, it was about a six, six to eight month period. I'm praying, oh God, I just ask that you, you bless the brother. I, I just, you know, I, I just ask God that you do this and, 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 you know, just help him out, Lord, and, and bless and, and bless. And that was before he went to the district. Then, he, then I heard he went to the district. Uh, man, he's trying to make me lose my job. And so I begin to pray again. I, God, just hey, help, help me. You know, I just, I just ask you, bless him, God. And, you know, and then finally I came to terms. Some, someone, quest, someone challenged me on my prayer. I wait till everyone left. I went to the sanctuary, and I brought up this Psalms 109. Bring, bring, that, bring that up, my brother. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to think where did I pick it up at. Okay. I think let's look at verse 3, and then we might we can roll it down, but let's, let's do, go back to 3. This is what I looked at. I said, with words of, of hatred, they surrounded me. They attacked me without cause. There was no reason for that. I found out later why, but there was no reason. In return for my friendship, they accused me. They accused me. But I am a man of prayer. Okay, now flip it. They repaid me evil for good. Hatred for my friendship. All right? Now, here's where I kick in. Verse 6. All right? Here, here's what I want before I go back to verse 6. Here's what I want you to understand. We believers at times are so phony. Yeah, we're phony. We're full of it. We're, wait a minute. Watch. I say that. I'm being taped. We're just phony, okay? We're phony. You know you're angry. You know you want to hurt the individual, and you tell me, I'm praying for him. And I want to say, how you spell and pray, baby? P-R-E-Y? Huh? Can I get a, can I get a witness? Well... <laughs> Okay, how you praying? I, yeah, I'm praying for him. He's praying on him, that's right. God want to pray on him. God already knows what's in your heart. You think you're fooling him by saying, oh, God, I just ask that you bless him? And, I, you know, I can't speak for God, but I think like, they at it again. Come on, baby, tell me what you really feel. Tell me, what, tell me what you really feel. Oh, God, no, I just asked that you, but we're phony. God wants us to be upfront with him. Tell him what you feel. Tell him what you feel. All right? So it goes on, verse 6, he said, he, this is David now. David said, appoint someone, appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand, and when he is tried, let him be found guilty. No, no, no innocent, forget it. Let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. May his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. Flip it again for me, man. <clears throat> may his, 
Now he's contacting the children. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars and may they be driven from their ruined home. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruit of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. See, may his descendants be cut off. Their names blotted out from the next generation. May, I mean, he just goes off, man. You think he's upset? Oh, yeah, he's wounded. But he's being real. So here's what I did. I went, made sure everybody was, was gone. And I went up front. I've been praying for this guy the more than because he'd been gone a while. I'm going to give it close to a year. That I wasn't even praying I was phony. I didn't want God to bless him. I wanted God to do something to him. And I want to hear about it. Okay? So I'm walking in the sanctuary, and I start saying, God, forgive me. I've been lying. I don't want you to bless him. I called his name out. I said, I, I just, I want, him, I want him hurt. I want him to feel what I feel. And then I said, God, if he was here right here, standing in this sanctuary, I'd hit him in his mouth. I'd knock him to the floor. I said, yeah, yeah. You talk like that. Yeah, I did. And I said, and when he was on the floor, I said, and then I literally kicked. I said, I'd kick him, and I'd kick him again. I mean, I just, I let it all out. I ain't going to tell you everything I said. We're in church. But I said it. And when I finished, when I finished, it's like, now drop me down to verse 20, man. One on Psalm, I mean one on Psalm. 20, okay. 21. First of all, 20, okay. May this be the Lord's payment to my accuser, to those who speak evil of me. 21, but you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me, for I am poor and needy. Here it is. And my heart is wounded within me. After I finished beating that brother and kicking him, I said, God, forgive me. I'm wounded. I'm wounded. I hadn't spoken to that man in almost a year. Two days later, I get a phone call from him. And he says, man, I just... I just want you to know that if there's anything. I said, whoa, 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 Hold up, dude. Hold up. There can be no reconciliation until there's some recognition. Why did you attack me? He gave me some silly reason for attacking me. It's so silly I don't even want to say it. And so I said, all right, man. I forgive you. We reconciled. He went his way, I went mine. But that would have never happened. And who knows how many things that church missed out on because I was walking in unforgiveness for almost over a year. Who knows how many powerful sermons I preached did nothing because I, as a senior pastor, the lead pastor, walked in unforgiveness. So when I stand before you, I don't stand before you to point fingers at you. I'm telling you how 
devastating and destructive living in unforgiveness can be. However, David is speaking to God. David is speaking to God. The moment you invite others in to your hurt is gossip. God won't have a part of that. God will judge that. But you can go to God. His ear is the only ear should hear the pain of what you're suffering. Then he can deal with it. But remember, if you start telling others, now it's gossip. It's amazing how many individuals have shared difficulty that they're having with their spouse. And then God heals that situation. But now the person you shared it with thinks you're a fool for going back to her or going back to him. And they've got ill feelings again. You, what you're sharing, you'll stop. Give it to God. Why you pull somebody else in it? Because now when you get back with him or you get back with her and God okays that situation, now you got your friend or your sister, or your brother or your father feeling totally different against the individual even though God has changed them. Take it to God and leave it there. Again, verse 21, but you, sovereign Lord, help me. 22, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. So number one, admit that unforgiveness is in your heart. Number two, confess, confess to God. Be real. Be real. And then number three, sometimes it might take, Lord, I'm willing to be willing to be willing to be willing. All right? At least you're moving in the same direction. It's not always, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Mm -mm. I can't tell you how many times I said, I can forgive this person. And the moment I heard their voice, hey, okay, the moment I heard their voice, Something rose up on the inside of me. I couldn't do it. They were gone. I go, oh, now I feel bad. Man, I had a time to do it. Okay, I'm going to forgive them this, this next time. And they, I'd, I'd be in the bedroom and I'd hear, hey, how you doing? All I had to do was hear their voice. Didn't see them, but I heard their voice. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Or say their name. Don't bring that blankety black name around me. Here's the second. I told you how difficult it was going to be. Here's the second part of that difficulty. I want you to give it to God. And really, you want to give it to God. 